DJ Event Planner. Electra Voice. DJ Trivia and DJ Bingo. ProX Direct. NLFX Pro. Promo Only. Odyssey Cases. Perfect Portals. JMOZ Lighting. Instant DJ Requests. And our DJ NTV Insiders. This is John Young from DJ NTV. Thanks for watching. Hello. Welcome to the Tuesday Night Music Show where we occasionally talk about music. Hope I find you all well this beautiful Halloween or whenever they're going to go ahead and post this video. It is currently uh, June 28th, 2022. Of course, we have, as always, uh, Howie, the producer. We have Jay. And tonight, John is joining us, too. Sure. From Baston. How you doing? Oh, Doug. We can talk about all kinds of stuff tonight, but one thing that I wanted to just throw out there uh, before we get into music stuff is that I took an unusual gig yesterday. Did you guys happen mm -hmm. to see the video? Howie, I know you yep. saw it. I did. Jay didn't see it. No. So here's the situation. Uh, and they've hired me for two hours to play outside in a tent to facilitate all of this and then go home. So first time I've ever booked a dinner-only gig. Have you guys ever done a dinner-only gig like that? Once. Yeah? Same, same thing. There was a band, and they wanted to do everything up front. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I believe I was there like 7 to 9, and then done. Yeah. And they mm -hmm. said, yeah, you can take off. And the band brought me in because they're like, we can't make announcements. We take breaks every, like, 40 minutes. They take 20 an hour. Uh -huh. So I played their two or two breaks and then also introed everyone did the toast did the first dance father daughter mother son i think cake cutting on the second break we like literally killed everything in those 40 minutes no i've done that before where i've i've worked with a band and i've played the band breaks that i have done right i'm in the same room with them i'm running off the same board they're running off of now they've got this big pa and i'm just in you know channel 12 or whatever so you're not doing their breaks you're actually playing just for two hours then leaving are you doing I'm gonna, special I, stuff yeah i'm in a marquee or a tent outside okay the band is inside where uh, the reception is going to be happening so i'm going to be in a completely different area i will have no contact with the band at all or their pa or anything else i don't have to coordinate with these people at all Oh, right. That's awesome. And you'll still be able to leave when the band starts because you're not pinned in underneath them. <laughs> yeah. When 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 dinner's over, I go. That's it's, awesome. That's it. So you're just you're taking wow. a full wedding and cutting it down for the DJ responsibilities to two hours. Then the now, band's just going to jam. I have yeah. a question though. You're yeah. in a, a separate area, so they're eating in a separate area, yes. and then reception dancing is in a separate. Yeah. Correct. So all you have to do is unplug your XLR out. And bye. no, he's, it sounds like he has to have his own sound. No, I, I'm bringing my my setup. No lights. I'll be bringing my own PA. Oh, I thought you said you were plugged into channel twelve of their system. No, no, no. I said I've done events before oh, where okay. I've worked with a band where I've been in the same room with them and I've been in their board. Okay. But this is different. Mm -hmm. This is a completely separate thing from the band thing. Different room. Might as well just call it a different venue because it's kind of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. This is a first for me. Uh, have you heard of it before out there? Is this a new trend? This is a first. I, I haven't even heard of it before, but it makes sense when you think about it. I, I've done what Jay's done, you know, sure. during the breaks, but never yeah. just never. I would, I would kill for an event like that. <laughs> I'd, I'd be mentally prepped just, just in case How the band, band doesn't come through and you might be going a little longer than you figure you might be. Well, when you're working with a band, it's, 
it's it's a little different because well, I know when I've done it before and I've done it a few times. It's been a while. I've got some old gig logs. Uh, I used to work with this one particular band. They always bring me in. It was nice because you would coordinate with the band. So if the band said, okay, we're going to be playing primarily rock. It's like, okay, well then I'll focus on anything that you're not playing. I'll play Tone Look Wild Thing, mm-hmm. Cha Cha Slide, those kind of things. So I'll compliment you. I'll do what you can't do. And I won't step on you. If you're doing Sweet Home Alabama, I'm not playing Sweet Home Alabama. So give me your set list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then whenever they do break, okay, here's our opportunity to do something fun. Uh, right. that the band can't do and the band was good had a lot of energy people responded well to it but um yeah th- this is just a completely different thing so my responsibilities here are all the responsibilities i'd normally have at every wedding i.e the hard part which is what i call it it's still tons of timeline creation i've still got to figure out these names of the wedding party bring them in an order line them up drunk figure out how to get everybody seated and settled yeah. at six o'clock on the nuts when dinner starts. And I know Jay does it different in, in California or at the venue that he does where they, they do cake like later in the evening. as like a, a thing later in the evening. They interrupt dancing to do cake. We don't do that. We do cake as dessert. So I've got to get the cake cut. I've got to make sure catering is going to have this prepared for uh, serving for dessert. Some background music facilitate toast and speeches. Teach a bunch of amateurs how to use a microphone. But yeah, it's a two-hour gig, man. In and out. And it's a first. As far as uh, the trend, no. This this is the first time I've seen it. It would be interesting if Never this becomes heard. a trend. Yeah. That I had a client be. last year bring a band and call me after they hired me like two months out and say, we have a band we love and mm. they're going to play cocktail. I said, okay, so I'll do ceremony, prelude, ceremony. Then the band will start. It was a three-piece band. They were terrible. <laughs> I played out of tune the whole time. Yeah. Then dinner music, I'll do. Dinner was like an hour and a half with toasts, maybe an hour 45. Then when we come out, she's like, then I really want the band to play for like the first hour. And then you take over. And I'm going over the timeline. I'm like, well, maybe the band could play for 45. Well, they came out at 8. Wedding ends at 10. The band starts like 8.15 after we do the cake, first dance, father, daughter, mother, son, and then we go into the dancing, which I like better than stopping dancing to do cake. I'd rather do it at the end of the meal like dessert. And that right. way the people that aren't dancing can eat the cake and you don't have to <laughs> stop in 20 minutes. Right. To cake. I, I, do, I do dislike that protocol. But the band went on at like 8.15 well, nobody was really dancing, but the bride and groom were into it. And I asked for their set list early, like you did. So I didn't play any of their, and they played all weird, random stuff. Sure. But they literally played, it's like 920. And I look at the bride, I'm like, do you, do you want me to play at all? Like, or do you just want the band to keep going? Because I'm already paid. Like at this point, right. I don't care. Right. Like, no, you could play some. So I went on at 920 and literally, 30 minutes later, go, last song, everybody. Wow. Played for 30 minutes, hour and a half of background. Wow. And 30 minutes of dancing. And just literally played a minute and a half of every song, like all these, you know, right. spin DJs. And I was like, this is the worst setup ever. But How about I, you? I don't think I would like that trend unless it pays really well. Because the downside is you're giving up a night that you could have done a seven or eight hour wedding for X. Yeah, here's By the catch. Up two hours for why. <laughs> Here, here's here's the catch. I didn't discount it. So you just charge regular rate? Had to. Yeah. I told her, I said, hey, look, you know, as much as I'd love to give you a break for this, it's up to six hours. Two hours, you know, I but regardless, I have expenses and I'm giving up a Saturday. Yeah. So I got it. I unfortunately I have to charge this. I can't give you a break. Well, let me discuss it. I got a text message back about two hours later. Yeah, we're going to go with it. Yeah. I want to send you 50%. I'm like, okay. So that's, that was her choice on how she handled that. But yeah, I, I didn't disc. I can't. I mean, like you said, Jay, you're giving up an evening. Now, an evening. They, they, yeah. they want a band. Yeah. But this kind of goes to, to what I was saying before about, you know, it's the hard part. 
it really is the hard part. Yeah, the band can can the band is, is talented in their own way, but there are things that we do or I do anyway in my market mm-hmm. that have value. I had comments on on a video I did about this. I need to go and review more of them. My my follow up video I wanted to kind of try to address them all because there were some people in the comment section who said. Why are you worried about when all these things start on time? Why do you care how smooth the stuff goes? This is not your problem. Like, well, hold on a minute. That yeah, is. And that's why I make what I make because it is my problem. And I'm expected to do these things in my market. In fact, anybody who calls themselves a wedding DJ in my market is expected to have a handle on this stuff. Right. Because mm-hmm. you have the mic. Well, not only that, but I've seen it's it a thousand times. Right. But I had a coordinator the other night and the ceremony, the photographer and the videographer commented, and even the dad of the groom commented afterwards. The photographer and videographer knew I played the entrance for the bridesmaids Mm -hmm. and the groomsmen four times because the coordinator waited until they got all the way down to the ceremony site to get the next person, which I've never seen before. So I had to keep replaying the song. And the dad goes, let me ask you something. I was like, yeah. He goes, was it me or did you play that song for the wedding party like four times in a row? I said, no, the coordinator doesn't know her job. He goes, I was wondering what was taking so long. Say hi to Ollie, by the way. Sorry, little, little interruption here. Yeah. But it's you're right. It's the hard stuff <laughs> that we end up going for. That's okay. Yeah. Ask, yeah. ask me why him and everybody's. You know. Yeah, look at this. <laughs> okay, <Why are> you, buddies. <laughs> Stevie's sitting next to me, so she's. She brought him downstairs because Chico was being, as we discussed earlier, you know, cabron numero uno. So, close to cabron numero dos, which is this guy right here. Right. Cool. He likes yeah, I mean, if, if I, I've got a no, five-hour minimum on the weekends, I got to get by an agency for a July wedding for four hours. And the client sent me the paperwork tonight, and I'm playing for two and a half hours. I'm literally starting at 7 o'clock. With grand entrance, mm-hmm. toast, eight o'clock first dance, father, daughter, mother, son, cake, and then open dance till nine thirty. And I'm like, and I sent back to the agency that brought me in. I'm like, my paperwork doesn't change. They're like, no, no, the client's fine with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm getting my full fee. They're like, oh yeah, no, you're mm-hmm. getting your money. <laughs> right. It just yeah. Don't They're get it confused. From, you'll know this. I'm dealing with the two mothers. And the coordinator on the phone. I won't meet the bride and groom till I get there. Do you want to guess what friend of ours probably knows them? Help me out. We have a friend who has something to do with lighting. He probably knows them. Okay, okay. You know what I'm driving at? Sure, sure. Hence why I'm dealing with the mothers and the coordinator. And I won't even meet the bride and groom till I get there. Well, they're they're they're, they they're cool people. They're they're cool people to deal with. They're cool people to deal with. Oh no, they're, they're totally they cool people. Yeah, I've had cool I've done three of these, and they've all been awesome. But I'm I know talking about thing. Mormons, by the way. But yeah, yes. they're very very nice people. But I, I know I, one I love thing about the bride and groom. I was already told they're very young, so I'm guessing. Of course, they are. <laughs> they're Mormons. <laughs> but here's the best part. Now I know why the dancing segment is so short because they can't get to the hotel fast enough. Right. Yeah, don't don't let this go too long. Yeah, no. Which so I might even show. offer an early release. You guys maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do a, a show on this sometime. But yeah, Jay's <laughs> is on point with that. Those dances don't go long. No, yeah. no. <laughs> I saw the two and a half hours, and they said we want you. We'd like you to meet with the mothers and the coordinator. It dawned on me they've got to be. So I reached out, and I'm like. Hey, do you guys know anything about the families? He's like, what do you mean? I go, are they Mormon? He goes, yeah, how'd you know? I'm like, just a guess. <laughs> just just a shot in the dark. Just yeah. a guess. The toaster by the two dads, well, not the wedding it's party. It's not I'm much like, different than a Baptist wedding. They no dancing at all. And they just, you know, two and a half, three hours, you know, they're gone. I did That's a 350 yeah. person seven day Adventist, and the bride and groom kept saying, Yeah, we don't think there'll be a lot of dancing, but our friends and our we're, we're going to party. I'm like, good. We did I remember you tell me about this one. Yeah. We did the toast and I had to go inside of this old castle and I got inside and I'm waiting and waiting and wait. I'm like, everyone join us inside for the bride and groom's first dance, husband and wife. I come back outside after 10 minutes. 
there's maybe 30 people. And I'm looking, and everyone else, it was like a Coke commercial from the 70s. Everyone's walking away. <laughs> walking away. <laughs> and then they, the, like 30 people came inside. And the dad said to me, he goes, yeah, the, the elder allowed this. I go, what do you mean? He goes, yeah. they couldn't see me dance with my daughter. And I told him how important it was. And he goes, you understand how much sin there is in dance? And he goes, but it's my daughter. He goes, I'll allow it. And then he left. So, and everyone followed him out. <laughs> well, seeing how we're already on the topic, and we, we talked about this wow. little shorty I'm doing here. Why don't we talk about some cultural events that are a little unique, you know, because we're already there. And, and sure. uh I mean, Jay mentioned the Seventh Day Adventist. Talked about the the Mormon weddings where they typically end early. Early, yeah, and that's okay. Hotel, but the, you know the, the Mormon weddings they're going to dance. Oh, they're going to party. They're, they're dancers. Yeah, they're absolutely. Not drinkers, but, but dance. dancers. You know, yeah, absolutely. I had I had the wedding right February of 2020. I think I told you it kept getting sold to me. It was through another company, and it's like they're very religious, no alcohol. They're very religious, no alcohol. I get there. And it's obvious when the bride and groom arrive, they're like, we love EDM and fun music. I'm like, real EDM? They're like, yeah. So I'm playing like all EDM for dancing along with regular stuff. But I go in and the coordinator is like, I don't know if this is going to go the distance. There's no drinking. I meet the bride and groom and they go, we're ending at 10, right? I'm like, yeah. Like, good, because we're all going down the street to like O'Malley's bar. I'm like, there's no alcohol. She's like, yeah, that's a family thing. She's like, there's like 30 of us out of the 200. We're yeah. going straight to the bar. We've already been mm-hmm. drinking in the car. I'm like, oh. But when they came inside, it was like long toasts, a lot of, you know, a normal wedding toast is three or four minutes. I think in a religious environment, it becomes 10 minutes because they've got to add the God angle. And it's something oh, as a DJ you need to be prepared for. Can I, can I share this with you? Sure. Our 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 mutual friend, Jay, mm-hmm. uh, clarified this for me, and and I already kind of knew it to be true. Apparently, New Order, Blue Money, and Bizarre Love Triangle are LDS youth dance staples. Really? Yes. No kidding. Oh, I did not yes. know that. Yes. Wait, Think the Pesh Mode. Or yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. You know the. The yeah. 80s alternative, they are LD and LDS for anybody watching who doesn't know is Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those types of songs are youth dance staples. They will kill at your event. Perfect. They will kill. You will get re- if you if you don't play them, you'll get requests for them. But keep that in mind. Go down that road, and that's a good road to go down. Me. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot you of know, a lot of choices down that road. Mm-hmm. Any Depeche mode, any new order, you know, that vibe. You know that vibe. Personal Jesus may not be on the list. I'm just saying. maybe not. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm thinking more like just can't get enough or enjoy the yeah. silence. Yeah, you know sure. those kind of things. Anything Last you order. Rumors. Uh, that's but they, they they dig it, but maybe you do something else. I do something else. The cure, just like heaven, is probably fine. I mean, well, you you know what? On the same topic, my wedding the other night, they were going to get married in 2020. Obviously, they postponed, moved it to 2022. And about four months ago, her dad died, the bride's father. And that was a big thing for this wedding. And I'm playing my dinner set of John Mayer and Jason mm-hmm. Raz and all that. And one of the tracks I'd thrown in was Daughters by John Mayer. And I ended up skipping over it. Do you ever think of tracks as, could this be a sensitivity thing? Could this be a... Like I said, I mean, I, sure. I'm half joking, but if I'm doing an LDS wedding, I'm not going to play your own personal Jesus, even if they love right. Depeche Mode. Or Dear God by XTC. Or, yeah. Dear God, yeah. yeah. Songs yeah. I can yeah. skip. I heard anything, today, by the way. Anything yeah. from the Orgasmo soundtrack, probably <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Just saying. Stop it. Just saying. Well, I'm not going with them anyway. I guarantee well, you not Stop me. it. But, but yeah, I, I, I do... It's and not a censorship to... thing. I think it's no, very, no. It's 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 a matter of go, this isn't going to play. I well, don't want to upset somebody. Like maybe if someone's right. dad just died, you don't play "Gone Daddy Gone" by the Violent Femmes. Maybe you right. don't do that. Right. But also, since it's Respect. her dad playing "Daughters" by John yeah. Mayer, I could see it not going the way I wanted. It's a pr- it's a beautiful song. It is. But it it's got to be a trigger. Yeah. It, yeah. It's got to set somebody off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You should probably be sensitive to that kind of stuff. Just sure. you know, have use some common sense on it. 
you know, and then on the other hand, the wedding I did last week, they were all about the heavy drama stuff. His mother had died and they just couldn't wait to bring up more stuff about that. I was thinking to myself, let's address it and move on. But all night long, it was something in tribute to, oh, we want to present you with the gift, the dress his mother bought to wear to this wedding that she didn't make it to. I was like, oh my God. Uh, some people dig that. Some people dig that drama stuff. Yeah. Some people just want to have fun and and not make it all about that, not make it a second memorial service. Mm-hmm. Some people yeah. do. I, I guess it just depends on who you're working with, you know? Well, and I think that the big trigger at any wedding for that is going to be the toast. That's when it's going to get brought up. You would think. And, and, and it was the other night, and the toasts were very heartfelt. There was a lot of crying, and I think they were prepared for it. Yeah. But then I mean, the groom spoke, and then they started crying. Yeah. And just, you know, it, the it's, downside is the DJ is you oftentimes have to follow this. It's, it's my belief that, you know, there is an elephant in the room. It needs to be addressed. Right. And, right. you know, it gets addressed. And once the it's addressed. The, the sooner the better. Real early. On. Once it is addressed, we can right. move on. Now, Stevie, who's sitting right next to me right now, can't see her. She's off camera. Hi, Stevie. Hello. She says hello. She did something at her wedding that I thought was cool. You know that my father and I were close. Stevie and my father were also incredibly close. Mm-hmm. They, they had a special bond. Like he, he was her, he was the one who babysat her when I was working, when I was, you know, when she was a little tiny, as soon as she was able to, you know, be home and we were able to go back to work and her mother was able to go back to work. Dad was her caregiver while we were at work and she, she grew up, you know, out there. She kind of lived out of three houses as a kid, you know, her mother's place, my place and my parents' place. So her father and I, her father. My father and her had a real special relationship. Well, my father passed away a year before they got married. And uh, and he would have he loved it. You know, he knew Eris. They were close. So what Stevie did in tribute to my father, and nobody knew unless they knew. You know, it was a private thing. It wasn't something that we told everybody about. We made him deal with it. Mm-hmm. My father wore flannel shirts like all the time, like around the house. That was his thing. He put a white t-shirt on and he put a flannel on mm-hmm. and he had the same flannel shirts for probably since the day they were married. I mean, they never changed. You know, there was a green plaid one. What Stevie did was she took that flannel shirt and she made the pillow for the pallbearer to carry the rings with. Now, everybody who knew my father knew that color. I mean, you can't, it's like, oh my gosh, that is dad's flannel. What if you didn't know, you didn't know. Yeah, I like that. So, but that is an awesome idea. Yeah. Oh she God. made it herself. She actually made me one. I have it upstairs. So I, I have a little pillow as well. She has one. I have one. Uh, but that was cool. I mean, that was a way to pay tribute without being anybody's face about it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and he, you know, his presence was there. Something was there representing yes. him. There were other things. There were other little subtle things, but only they knew about it. But they didn't make it everybody's thing they had to kind of deal with. Mm-hmm. And that's how she handled it. And I thought it was a great way to handle it. Mm-hmm. Other people, maybe they want to do something a little more dramatic. And then sometimes, as Jay's saying, and I, I, I'm with him 100% on this, maybe we don't deal with it at all. Maybe we do something else to stay because it's the day of celebration. And we skip those songs, they're going to be sensitive. Yeah. And we try to consider, hmm, you know, maybe this is inappropriate considering the circumstance. You're kind of knowing your client's situation, if a parent has recently passed or whatever the case might be, mm-hmm. you, you'd be sensitive to it. Being culturally or just, just uh, you know, sensitive, period, is, is a good thing. Culturally sensitive, uh, as we, we were discussing. We have a lot more here. control, you know, and you were saying about wedding DJs knowing the protocol. I mean, as I'm sure you guys do, every client I've ever met with, I'm explaining to them how much the flow of the night is important and how much impact our planning, as well as what we as the DJ do that night, affects that. It's understanding you're going to have weddings where something is brought up that's very touching and sad and tearful, Mm -hmm. and you have to then say something. You're the next on the microphone or you're bringing the group somewhere else. 
you just got to kind of play it by ear sometimes. Don't have a plan yeah. and don't yeah. discount it. Don't be like, all right, party people. Like, dude, what the? <laughs> Bride was just oh, in hysterics oh, oh. crying. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'd open with like celebration, but, you know, yeah. be cognizant of you can right. get control of the wedding back. You just got to mm-hmm. do it a little slow sometimes. Right. Right. No. Right. You I'm know? with you on that too. Yeah. 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 You, you don't know until you, okay. What you had said earlier, where you had, well, at the beginning of what you said, you said a lot of things in your, your last riff. It was good. I know. But the first thing you said was, you have to explain to clients the importance of the flow of the evening. Yeah. Well, that's what was so cool about what I'm doing in August with this two-hour dinner-only event. They already knew what I could do. Like they already knew the importance of the DJ and his role or my role or her role or whoever the DJ happens to be in making this happen in a good, timely manner. They already knew that, which was encouraging. You know, usually you're trying to sell this to people. Didn't have to. They, they looked for me because they had a problem they needed to solve. Mm-hmm. And, and they paid for it. It was valuable to them. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe there's hope for the world. <laughs> you got a problem? I hope so. <laughs> yes, I'll solve it. Check out right. the hook. While Jay revolves it. Saying? That's it. You can I keep them on that timeline and make it all nice and smooth and then hand them over to the band and your work is done. It's the fact that you're not plugged into their system or in the same room that's the magic. Because you can bat. Like if I you're like set up that. next to the band, it's a little bit awkward to have you suddenly start lugging stuff trips in and out on rock right, and roll right. versus <laughs> hey one you've got to head in there now the music drops and all of a sudden two minutes after the last person walks in you're like whoosh <laughs> yeah yeah that's, I'll, that's I'll just cherry on top of that sunday knock it out and boogie yeah yeah so and, and it was funny the, the i'm guessing i'm guessing you'll be gone in 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> she says she's she, this, this lady actually said to me it was a mom who called me and hired me for this she said yeah so you'll be out of there at 7 30 so if like there's a rave or something you want to go to afterward you know oh, you could go another <laughs> event lady do you know how old i am i'm probably older than you my god a rave you want to go to yeah like a rave or a club or some party you want to go to you totally can like some abandoned warehouse or something there's something going on that's what's on my mind when i leave a wedding is oh, yeah. the rave? You've, you've been around long enough brian I'm, i bet you've done that have you ever done a wedding and then had a, a club gig afterwards i have djs that have done that they've left weddings and gone i've got gig logs where i've left weddings and i've done sets at clubs yeah yeah i've got yeah, I've done it. Where they've got, they're like, I'm going on at midnight at a club. My wedding ends at ten. I'm like, yeah. really? I've totally like, done. Yeah, that. I'm playing till two. I'm like, oh, I totally did, done that. I did one wedding that was ended at eight o'clock at night, and it went right to a block party. If that counts, nice. Well, I used to do the car show. The two gigs. I think that's awesome when you have well, a gig what, after. What a gig. I did was yeah. I leapfrog because. Um, Back then, I had help, so I had people set up the block party. All I had to do was get my truck and drive there, and then the setup crew went and grabbed my stuff from the wedding, and I did the block party. And so I got really lucky to have you know good crew. When I used to do um, Grand Geneva at Club Evolve way back hundred years ago, all summer long, I did a car show on Monday nights. So the car show ended at, I think, eight. And I went on at the club at nine. So I would break down, you know, do the car show, break down and go to the club. So I like double dip that day. That was my double header Monday. <laughs> you know, how many people have two gigs on a Monday? I felt like a rock star there all summer long. Yeah, on a Monday. Wow. That's a total pretty special. Yep. That I think I did that, cool. did that two years in a row like that. Maybe three. I don't remember. But yeah, I've done it. But the wedding thing, yeah, the wedding ends early enough. It's like, yeah, you know, let's go to the club, especially when I was younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I used to occasionally go to hot water afterward and jump on and do a late night set or something. Um, My but, fear would uh, always be if the, it's that, and one of the reasons I stopped accepting two gigs a day. Granted, I don't get a lot of, we're getting, oh, the ceremony's at 10 a.m. and it ends at two. Because that's the one you want. Because then your next one starts at five. So you've got that window to take your time. Yeah. But I did it. 
a few times, and one of them was supposed to end at two, and they wanted to extend. And I was like, I can't. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. I'm like, I have another wedding to go to. So we had to end. I was the reason. And I was like, you know what? If I have to end somebody's wedding, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. John. If I take a day mm-hmm. gig, I won't take a night gig. John, you were in the car business, right? Yes. Do you know what a hat trick is? That's a three. Do you remember what a hat trick is? <laughs> Same as hockey. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> three morning gig, afternoon gig, evening gig. I've done it. But I can't remember anything about it, but I know I've done it. Yeah, the day goes by in a blur. Yeah. You wake up the next day and tell me I was great. (laughs) I did one and I said, I'll never do this again. Yeah. And that that was 15 years ago where where I was a lot younger and healthier. And I was like, never again. Yeah. It's just too much on the line. And like I said, I stopped when I realized I had to tell a client no. And they're like, oh, okay, that's fine. And I realized, like, I, I signed up to do this wedding and do it to the best of my ability. And I'm now turning business away because I wanted to book a second wedding down the road. Yeah. And mm. it's like, you know, I felt like crap <laughs> at the next wedding. Yeah. I think I told you guys, I mm. didn't, I think I took a photo on my controller. You know, as you know, XLR audio out mm-hmm. is always a male. And mm-hmm. XLR mm-hmm. input for microphones is always a female. Uh-huh. Correct. So when I had that four-weekend wedding a few weeks ago or a couple months ago where I did a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I got to the Sunday wedding and I couldn't get the speakers to work. I got no audio. I had master output. I had channel. Everything was fine. I walked around. I had plugged the two speaker cables into the microphones <laughs> and then plugged them out into the speaker. I'm like, maybe four weddings is too much for me. Maybe yeah. I should have, maybe I should have yeah. read the little thing. Yeah. Three. yeah. So, I've already played that song, but not in this set. Today? Maybe. Was it today I played that or was it yesterday? I, played I can't that. remember. Yeah. I know, and I'm writing the bride and groom's name in Sharpie because I'm like, there's a good chance I could call them one of four names. <laughs> I really don't want that. <laughs> Big letters. Yeah. Don't even say their name unless you're reading it off a piece of paper. Oh, exactly. You yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I get that way if I'm doing like a Friday and a Saturday. I, I've got to just you look at my timelines. I blow the font up and like crazy yeah. mm-hmm. on, on the name of whoever's getting married and how they want to be referred to as. Yeah. You know, not just their names, but, you know, Mr. and Mrs. You know, John and Sally Kelly. This I got to do it that way. Yeah, have to. Otherwise, I will screw it up. <laughs> this and is and by the way, I'm sure you guys are not doing yeah. it this way, but this is probably one of the first years I've made a real concerted effort because I have a terrible habit of saying bride and groom. Like, hey, let's join the bride and groom. Let's join the bride and groom. Let's. It, do this bride and groom. I know it's tough. I made such a concerted effort this year to only use first names. But it scares the crap out of me because I have to look every time. Even though I've memorized all the names, I've memorized what they're doing, I still get anxious when I have to throw names out. Even if it's in the middle of the... I'm like, I'll look over, Caitlin and Blake. Yeah, Caitlin and Blake. Mm-hmm. Just because yeah. I think it 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 gives that endearing touch. It, it's, it's a personal touch. And it's also a really great way to not cause any kind of awkward family discussions, let's say if she's not taking his name and grandma doesn't understand why, well, let's just not even bring it up. Exactly. Instead of omission. Yep. Yeah. She's golden sometimes. There's, there's, I I can only think of good reasons to just go on a first name basis unless they're adamantly like, okay, we are Mr. And Mrs. You know, Bob and, and Sally Brandon. Okay, fine. Then that's who you're, that's who you are tonight. But if it's if there's anything a little different, let's not do that because otherwise we cause some uncomfortable discussions. Something you don't want to talk about on your wedding day. No, let's discuss this no. next week after you're and back from your honeymoon. What Jay, what Jay had to say, just use the first names, and you avoid all that because everybody already knows who they are if they were invited to the wedding. Right? Oh, they should. Uh, <laughs> they don't. They're wedding crashers. 
The only time, (laughs) the only time you need to make a concerted effort, and I learned this back in '97 when I did my first same-sex commitment ceremony, Uh was my advice. Having done 50 same-sex weddings, flip the names every time you use them. So if it's two men and it's oh yeah, Steve and John, Mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen, bringing in Steve and John. I'd like to ask John and Steve to make their way to the cake cutting. Now I'd like to invite Steve and John out to do this. Hey, guys, make some noise for John and Steve. Because what you're doing is you're not selling husband and wife anymore. Because there's people in the audience that are going to look at it as, which one's the wife? Right. Which one's the husband? Uh, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. there's people that yeah. think that way. Equal yeah. building. Well, yeah, but yeah. It, what shocks me is when you sell this to the couple by saying, by the way, however I introduce you as newlyweds, because they're very comfortable with that, at least the ones I've done, I'll tell them, I'm going to flip your names every time so I give you equal billing so I don't give one priority to the other. And they're always really touched by that because it didn't dawn on them that there are people that are going to think one's more important than the other because the family dynamics can get in the way of things. I think how I, yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't that work for male and female as well? well? Yes. And we've talked about this before in shows. I remember when my sister got married for the first time <laughs> a long time ago <laughs> and we we all i mean you know uh, we really liked the guy she married we loved him you know his name was victor or vic victor now probably not important but that was my first real experience with a wedding reception because where i was from back in those days you didn't really do that you went to the church you got married you went to your parents house and opened gifts afterwards there wasn't a reception in in my world with our income levels and things very religious howie very very religious they do just differently just just what it was so well my family actually was pretty religious but (laughs) the the wedding reception was a lot of fun but i remember everyone was saying victor and denise Victor and Denise all night long. And that sounded so odd to us because we referred to them as Denise and Vic. Right. So it would have been cool even with them if somebody would have once in a while said Denise and Vic. Well, I think that's changed too in the dynamics. And I just, I've got a post it. I just shot a video on this. We introduce couples traditionally as husband and wife, but we talk about them. At least I do. I always talk about my couples as bride and groom. But yet, the dynamic becomes, uh, let me Room now right. <laughs> husband and wife, because I'm doing Mr. and Mrs. Right. And it's just funny to me, because this year, more than ever before, my couples are now sending an email, and I'm like, how do you want to be introduced? They're typing it, so they've seen it. Five years ago, if you sent me an email saying, we're going to be introduced as Blanca you know, and Brian Red, I would point out, I would actually say, oh, Okay, so you you want to be introduced as wife and husband the first time. And they would go, oh, no, how do you normally do it? Oh, I normally do husband and wife, and then I can use first names, and I can flip them or do whatever. But this mm-hmm. year, more than ever, couples are coming back going like, we want to be introduced as Caitlin and Blake. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. not my place to argue sure. anymore. I'm not, mm-hmm. the traditionalisms have kind of washed away a little bit. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that with the with the uh, wedding party too. First names, they want first names. Well, I do it where I live because everyone's either Polish, German, or Greek, and I'm going to screw the last names up. Yeah, it's yeah. that way for a few. <laughs> take Milwaukee. It's terrible. Fifteen yeah. syllables long. It, yeah, it, it, it took me. It took me years to be able to say what Stevie's last name is now. Say it now. Uh, <laughs> Karampolis? Is that correct? Almost. Okay, so yeah, I <laughs> there you go. This is why Brian gets hired top dollar for two hours. You can pronounce all the tricky names. Yeah, the tricky names, and that's all he's there for. He is a linguist, that kid. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I was like, please don't make me do this. And and then it's it's great when I go to a wedding and it's like, okay, it's it's Mike and Stephanie and and Jeff. And Tracy, I'm like, oh, thank you so much. Because I can never tell if it's Kylie or Kaylee or Callie or I don't know. It's confusing. I, I, I have clients now when it gets crazy, 
when they send the names, because I say first names for the wedding party, I, I stopped even saying that's the trend. By the way, you didn't sing song names for your son, so shame on you. You're part oh, of the problem. You don't think I regret that today when I call Connor Colin and Colin Connor happen? Jesus. <laughs> and I look at Michelle and she's like, why didn't this dawn on us? I'm like, that's because you're stupid. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> apparently <laughs> I am because it didn't dawn on me at the time. These are going to mess into each other. Yeah. My my mom's neighbor's daughters are, was it Carly and Ky- Kaylee. Kaylee, Carly and Kaylee. I'm like, oh my God, this is like Jay's kids. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I worked with two girls at one yeah. of the venues, Kylene and Caitlin. Same yeah. thing. And it's yeah. like 90% of the time, I just say, hey, how's it going? Because I can't remember who the hell's who. And I'm afraid <laughs> yeah. to mispronounce something. Yeah. He's got to write them out phonetically. K-K-A-Y capital letters. No, small so John, out. So yeah. what I did was, and I'll tell you, I'm willing to admit this, and JC, you can laugh as much as you want. And I think I told some of you, but I'll tell <laughs> the whole world now. I talked to my bride about two months ago. She had a name that was very Japanese, and I pronounced it perfectly. Uh-huh. She gets on the phone, and I'm like, hi, is this Tamiko? She's like, yeah, oh, thank you so much for getting my name straight. I'm like, oh, no, I actually know a Tamiko because of my company. I've been to Japan. Oh, that's awesome. This and that. She goes, my fiance's here, too. I've never met them. I look over at the paper, J-A-I-M-E. I'm like, hi, Jamie. <laughs> so two minutes what, what, into the conversation, the- she goes, so Jaime is going to want to <laughs> do this thing. <laughs> so we show, I show up at the wedding. I meet Jaime. I meet the groomsmen. I start doing all this funk stuff during cocktail. And I was doing like my dive bar funk stuff. And his relatives were flipping. They're like, dude essay over there the dj is awesome they were loving it because it's like the two uncles in the black shirts the hat with the jeans with yeah. the goatee mm-hmm. and the modella bottles they wouldn't stop bouncing their heads so i'm like good i got the family so during dinner he goes bro i can't thank you enough man my family loves you this and that and i go to turn away and walk away and i turn back and i go hey let me ask you something how freaked out were you thinking you hired the whitest DJ when I called you Jamie? And the two of them just busted out laughing. He goes, dude, I didn't want to say anything, but I was like, how doesn't he know it's Jaime? And I'm like, because I'm just a white guy from Boston, dude. Yeah. I, thought it was- <laughs> I, I, I looked I at this. busted on a stupid name with five letters. How scared do you think I am to call I, him? I remember looking at Jorge for like a half an hour saying, how the hell do you say this? Hey, George. Jo- Georgie? What? Hi, George. I, I just had yeah. one, and I called him Jorge. That was the same wedding. One of the grooms, when I entered it, J-O-R-J-E. So I go, hey, here they are, Kristen and Jorge. He gets up to give the toast. He goes, and I when he gets up, I go, hey, best man Jorge. He comes up, he goes, hey, everybody, my name's George. <laughs> <laughs> and, I look, and I look at him, and I get the mic, and way. I go, yeah. dude, how are you getting George out of this? He goes, no, I go by George. I go, then spell that. Right. Then write that down. <laughs> so Jamie? Yeah. Mike, how stupid. You guys are never going to be on my review list, are you? <laughs> the guy played great music, but he's an idiot. He's a total idiot. Can't say names. So we got about we got about 10 minutes left. And for the Canadian Broadcasting Company to give us our funding uh, for this to be an actual cultural music show, we have to talk about music. So would you guys mind doing a music thing for like 10 minutes? Yeah, sure. So we can get our Canadian certification and stuff. I'll yeah. do my best. Eight-year-old came up the other night. This is a music thing. <laughs> Walks up to me and says, can you play Doja Cat? And she says the word, and I it's loud, so I think she's saying something else. But what she's saying is B-I-T-C-H box. And I'm like, what? She goes, can you play? She must have said it four times, and the coordinator was behind me. And I go, will you ask her what she wants? And she goes, coordinator comes back she goes she wants you to play b-i-t-c-h box she's like eight years old and she was sincere Whoa. about it no yeah 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 but the, the point old. is this i'm always like mr i only play radio edits i'm not going to offend anyone right i'm starting to get more couples going oh that's cool dude we that's cool if you play the swears we're down <laughs> Are you guys seeing this new trend? We've had this conversation. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not the moral cop here. I'm a paid guy. To play the swears. Dude, I told you this six months ago, and you're like looking at me like I'm an idiot. 
And why would you do that? I'm like, because that's what they want. And you're like, I don't care. I'm a professional. Oh, no, I never, I ever do it. No, yeah. no, no. I, then I'm the wrong DJ to hire because I'm not playing it. Well, that, that's not what I wanted to talk about, actually. We can talk about that. But that I, I was going to do something a little more lighthearted than, than yeah. a moral debate on whether we play bitch box or not at a wedding. By the way, bitch. I'm just going to strike you down on that one. No, I- no, 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 no. Hold on a second. Rolling Stones has a song called Bitch. Elm John has a song John. called The Bitch, bitch is, is Back. Yeah. Meredith Brooks. Bitch Girl by Hall & Oates clearly says it's a bitch girl. Yeah. This is not the end of the world. To yeah, say Meredith, that is it Brooks? Yeah, Meredith sure. Brooks. Yeah. yeah, I'm a yeah, bitch. Yeah, I bought that. Uh, you own an Apple? I bought She's that CD bitch. for Stevie's mother as a gift. Oh, so nice. here you go. Here's a bitch song for you. <laughs> this is your theme song. And she liked it. There you go. Of course, there was no other songs on the CD worth of crap. It was just the bitch song. I was going to just see if I could get you guys just, just as, a, as a thought uh, exercise. Uh-oh. Think about the first songs that you like. Jack and Beaver Brown. Oh, sorry. Well, okay. Well, you were a little old for that. Still the right answer. Like, like thinking way back, thinking way, 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 way back. What are the first songs that you remember hearing and thinking to yourself, I like that? I know for Howie. I know, I know, and I bought the album, you know. Beethoven's Ninth? No, it was uh, The Beach Boys, <laughs> Good Vibrations. It, I yeah. just, Great. I love that theremin thing. I was like, I have never heard a sound like that ever in my life. And I mean, like, you heard it in science fiction films, right? Well, yeah, and I'm thinking... But not in but, songs. But, yeah, right. but not in a song, not melodically. And yeah. I was like, like, this is like, this This is different. So, and it was. And it was. And it was. And Revolutionary. It was the very first album I bought. The Pet Sounds. Yeah. That's the name of the album. I mean, kids. my gosh. <laughs> Great stuff. Oh my god! Sort of a classic. Yeah, it was just electric. Uh, one of them. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, got to go to you know, got to go to Corvettes." Here it was two guys from Corvettes, um, and it was a, a regional multi-department store, closed everything, but they had records because it was a discount store. It was always a couple of dollars cheaper than the other stores. Sure. So, what about you, John? Can you think of a track that you, I mean, going back as far as you can remember, what's the one of the first tracks? Yeah, that, you know, I, before I was able to tape a penny to a paper card and send it off in the mail to get my 12 records uh, from Columbia <laughs> oh, House. <wow. laughs> uh, see, I, I'm pre FM, so we had AM stations that did a lot of uh, smooth rock. And I remember hearing stuff like, uh, like Gilbert O'Sullivan would come through with like Alone Again Naturally. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like Jim Croce, like that era of yeah. singer songwriter yeah. stuff, and I just remember thinking it was really smooth, and you know, sitting there on my floor, five, six years old, playing with my Legos, listening to, you know, pre yacht rock, AM, right, AOR, mm-hmm. yeah, and all that stuff was great. I still do. I still got a soft spot for that type of music. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. What do you got Jay? If you could think back, put the grooves out, playing Richard Harris, MacArthur's Park. Oh my gosh. My mother had that and it was like first time I heard it, just sat there listening to it over and over and over and over again. Still think that's one of the best songs ever. And you know who wrote it? Interestingly enough, Mm -hmm. Jimmy Webb. Same one that wrote um, one of my my favorite Glenn Campbell song of all time, Wichita Lineman. Mm -hmm. He wrote both. Steve Slick is chiming in, and he's saying for him, Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay. Classic. Oh, I remember hearing that on the AM radio. Yeah. I had a little little eight transistor, because the more transistors means it was a better radio. You know, I was running around before I came here and sat down here at the desk, and I was in the parking lot. I don't know why this popped in my head. It's one of those... I don't call it repressed memory, if you will. All of a sudden, I remembered this. And I got to look up what year it is. Because I remember being tiny and losing it when I heard John Denver's Sunshine on My Shoulders. I thought that was the coolest song. Like, it's a great song. it was a really nice song. Somewhere it's at 73. Very pretty. Very pretty. Like 73. I mean, there are a lot of other songs I remember, but I, I'd forgotten that I really enjoyed that song. Yeah. Because when you think of John Denver, you just kind of think... 
you know, what, Rocky Mountain mm-hmm. High or Country Roads or Annie's yeah. Song or something. But Sunshine on My Shoulders was or like Plane Crash. Oh, wait, too soon. Right. Yeah, too soon. Way too soon. <laughs> All right, Howie, you, you can go again. We've got time. Think of an early track you liked. Um, early track I I really liked that I bought um on sale would be um but wasn't I bought the whole album, Rubber Soul, the Beatles. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. John. Um back back in the day before when television used to go to sleep at night and wouldn't be on for 24 hours has patterns I, it would be up in the morning with my bowl of unfrosted flakes oh, and, uh, parents well i don't think they were invented yet who uh, needs teeth it was uh the train they call the city of new orleans would always wow. be channel 56 is a startup song right yes. after american yeah. every morning so i kind of eventually learned the lyrics to it at about seven years old because i would hear it every day <laughs> Yeah, I was sitting there going to school, so that's ingrained in my wow. head. Wow, so like Sullivan and yeah. Arlo Guthrie, a little thirteen-inch black and white TV sitting on top of the fridge because that's where you put it. You know, we usually had ours on top of the broken twenty-inch uh, console or yeah, the we, bigger TV that used to be the console. That's what ours was like. That was going with the house when you sold it because no one could move it. And yeah. I, and I lived in a different neighborhood. That's furniture. It just belongs there. there Jay, yeah. what do you got? Um. Anything off of Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass. Whipped oh, cream and other delights. Yeah. yeah. Whipped cream. I, I had yeah. it. bought that. Actually, that and probably Bridge Over Troubled Water. Those just were albums that were in the house in the early 70s. But I'm the same way. I first, mm. When I was six, I got a little red AM radio and we had RKO, mm. which at the time was like an mm-hmm. FM station, but it was AM. Sure. So mm-hmm. all those tracks. I mean, and I had an eight. I wasn't kidding the other night. I had the eight track. My dad had it, I think, or my mom, mm. of Gilbert O'Sullivan. And it's, I would listen to Claire and Alone Again Naturally. And that's where I learned how to go through the four programs on an eight track. Because you'd either let it play through or go to the next program, but it wouldn't move the tracks forward. It was... You kids have no idea how complex it was to live in our day. I know you can stick a pencil in and rewind it. No, yeah, that, that, that thing <laughs> still confuses the hell out of me. I still know how that works, or why it worked that way, or why that was even a thing. I still don't get it. I don't either, but I just remember like I had an eight track of um Ronco Ketel, and Peg was on it, and so was Meatloaf oh. two out of three, mm-hmm. but they were on different sections. Right, and I would have to sit there and strategically keep pushing clicking to get yeah to try to the start of the right song yeah there was no way to find a song you can rewind it torturous thing you know what the, you could just drop a needle these were like where the hell is my song <laughs> I'll, I'll throw another one out there uh that is what was a little later but i was still young i was probably six or seven but the babies every time i think of you blew my mind oh just my god blew my mind great song Ooh. Good John Waite. That was amazing. Great voice. Good. And then, I, then I discovered, you know, isn't it time after that? I don't know why I did that in that order, but I did. Right. And just love the babies. But to your to your point, Jay, I remember my experience with eight tracks when I was young, because you know the older siblings had them, so I always had something to listen to. Right. And we had a copy of Edgar Winter Group. They only come out at night. Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. That song is so long. You know when the little break comes in there? Oh, we go to the next section. It sounds like chiggers or something or locusts. That's where it clicked. Yeah. And it would turn down, click, and then go back up, and you'd have the second part of the song on the second track of the A track. That's awesome. That was annoying. But by the way, quick it babies was. trivia. Any other members you know of from the babies <laughs> that went on to do something big in music besides John Waite? No. The keyboard player is a young man named Jonathan Kane. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, he's with um Journey. Yeah. That's Journey. right. Don't stop believing. That's right. The keyboard yeah. player, of course. Yeah. Oh, I thought that band I saw them on Burt Sugarman's Midnight Special. <laughs> yeah. And they did um Every time I think of you, and what was the other big one? They had head first. Was head a big first. one. Yep, that was the flip side of every time I think of you. By the but way, there's another one too. There was another single. There's isn't it time? Isn't it time? Yeah, and they did that. They may have done three. It was it was either Bert Sugarman's or it was Don Kirshner's rock concert. It was one of those. 
Well, I know that I they were on Midnight lie. Special because I've seen great. YouTube videos of Midnight Special of them. Yeah, they were great. Mm-hmm. I was like, these guys, his voice is so cool. I've mentioned this in shows before since we're stuck on the babies now, where the, and you can hear it in the music because that's a British band. And, and they, they were signed by Crystals, I believe. And they, they were brought over to Los Angeles to record their first album. And they spent a year doing it. And the whole time, they're like really immersing themselves in Los Angeles culture. And it totally changed their sound. Yeah. Like they were influenced so much by, by American. Like they were sounding like over in England, the band that was signed really wasn't the same artistic uh, interpretation of what the first album was. It was better. If that makes any sense to you. No, it totally does. And if you listen to the American too, I wonder if they, he was with the band over there or if they picked him up over here. Cause he's, I don't know, but I know that Waits from there. Cause I've seen John Waite live and he has the accent. Yeah. But it's just interesting how, if you really listen to it, you can hear both influences. I can, if I think about British bands and I think about, you know, especially the West coast, you know, they always, for some reason, I always got a little climax blues out of them. Not a blues thing, but just yeah. some of their approach. It, maybe it was just that period of music, like yeah. And and then and over in England, I don't. And- I don't know if it's regional, but I believe climax blues band. And someone's going to come in the conversation. It's like, oh, that's all right. I think they're Midlands. They could be. They're, they're somewhere in the they Midlands. Well so, I, I, okay, it's not Birmingham, but it's like that. It's somewhere in the Midlands. Right. Uh, and, and there's a certain thing that happens there that doesn't happen in, let's say, Manchester or London. They're not that far apart, but they might as well be worlds apart. Right. Because, I mean, as John knows, living in Boston, five miles away, they speak differently. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. culturally and musically, they're different when it goes to okay. different parts of the country. Brian Johnson, ACDC, he's Midlands. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, geez. Like, if you're talking about, like, uh, Birmingham, geez, you got Ozzy Osbourne, Duran Duran, Banana Rama. The Smiths. There's tons of... Well, I don't know about Def Leppard. Sheffield. I don't know about the Smiths. Yeah, Def Leppard's Birmingham. Sheffield. Sheffield, England. Oh, Sheffield. I'm thinking, um, where's Judas Priest? Are they Birmingham or are they Manchester? No, they're Birmingham, I believe. Are they Birmingham? Judas Priest is Birmingham, I believe. Hmm. Manchester is the Smiths. Stone Roses. Yeah, that's that's like your new order. That's all your your uh, factory record stuff. And then, you know, London. But I think Sheffield's in that area, kind of like saying Boston a, and Framingham. Suburb. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. It doesn't. We're going to get a lot of kickback. Yeah, today. we're going to. Learn your geography, DJs. <laughs> Come UK on. UK crowd we have. Yeah, that's right. He's going to be mad this week, and he's going to comment. I can feel it. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe I could save it. Um, yeah. Uh, you guys, uh, it's not like that at all. Uh, no, no, I'm thinking I, I can truthfully say that when I bought the Rolling Stones, first greatest hits was Hot Rocks, and I it was from EJ Corvette's department store. I'm pretty confident they're they're like a more of a London based kind of thing, those guys. Well, in my mind, I bought it at EJ Corvette's department store, it's they're they're from the department store. They're from the department. <laughs> no. And See? the babies are from the drugstore that I bought the 45. <laughs> and if you well, want to Columbia Records to take show Some band is from Battle Creek, Michigan, because John got a 45 on the back of a box of cereals. Oh, yeah. They got that the Jackson 5 one. Yeah, Battle Creek. Yeah. Out on the, uh, yeah. They're not from Detroit. Boxes. They're from Michigan. Well, Battle Creek, not the Detroit area. And they actually played about four or five times before they wouldn't play anywhere. Yeah. I heard someone talk about using actual acetate, a DJ that was a DJ in the 60s, and they would send you a single that was on acetate. And he's like, if we could get 20 plays out of it, we were lucky. And they yeah. just pretty much disintegrate. He's yeah. like, and if it was a big enough hit, we had to really, really be cautious with it and not overplay it so we could get a jump on other radio stations. Right. Because... You could physically hear it start to degrade. I mean, why bother, you know, buying a copy of it or perhaps putting it on reel to reel so you could play it over and over again? 
Which were all technologies available in radio stations. No, 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 they were. But he, he's like, this is how they were delivered. They were delivered on these cheap acetates hmm. that would literally disintegrate after a few tries. Wow. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, we could probably get 20 plays out of it. Back in Howie's day, they, they just sent a stagecoach full of the band members themselves. Yeah, they just sent a band. <laughs> yeah, the whole band. Yeah. The band to show up. I thought it was that thing with the bird and his beak on the <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, was, that was the flip flip. Oh, I'm so sorry. That was after you. I'm so sorry. That was, uh, see. That's that's modern technology. That's six yeah. yeah. Now before we start having fun, we should probably put a fork in this. <laughs> I agree. I've got to run this kid home and roll my windows up in the car before it rains. Uh, rain? so, no, oh, I, I remember. Know. Yeah, I know. I know. I some was it Callan 103 here today, by the way. Was like freaking out. Oh my god, it's rain. It's beautiful. Look at rainbow. I'm like, it's rain. It's rain. <laughs> More like me of a DJ. <laughs> oh my god, thunder lightning. This is so cool. I'm like, okay. People get out of prison, Brian. They they treat things differently sometimes. I don't there's know. first world <laughs> problems and there's Cali problems. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next week if if you're lucky. <laughs>